Hello everyone, my name is Nick Lorenzo and it's my pleasure to welcome you to another edition of the Inside BS Interview Series. We have something really special for you today. You see, my dad usually asks the questions in these interviews. It's usually him interviewing someone. Today we've turned things around and I'm going to interview him. We're doing this because it's Father's Day and I'm proud of my dad and I want everyone to hear about how great he is. So please sit back and relax and welcome my dad, Dave Lorenzo, to the show. Welcome, Dad. Thank you, Nick. It's great to be here. Dad, I reached out to a lot of different people and gathered some of the most pressing questions for you. These folks included friends, family, and of course, your clients. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. Here we go. First question. What inspired you to do what you do? All right. Well, what inspired me to do what I do is I've always really enjoyed helping people and building businesses. So when I found out that I could help people and build a business at the same time, I knew I was really on to something. When I first gave somebody an idea and helped them put that idea into practice and then they made money and by making that money it changed their life it let them spend more time with their family i felt really good so that's how i got started doing what i'm doing right now somebody asked me for some advice i gave them advice it worked it allowed them to take control of their future they could spend more time with their family and that was fun for me so that's that's how i got started doing this if you weren't doing this for a living what would you be doing well i think nick you know the answer to this if i wasn't doing this i would probably be making very little money working really late at night doing stand-up comedy i would be writing jokes during the day and then trying those jokes out on people in bars and any place where people would listen so that I could see if I could make people laugh because just like you, Nick, I love to make people laugh. How difficult has it been to maintain your business during the coronavirus pandemic? Well, you know, the coronavirus pandemic is something that happened that is really awful and difficult for a lot of people. People getting sick and things being tough when it comes to the economy, none of that is is good. That's really, really bad. But in a way, the coronavirus pandemic has forced people to think differently about how they work. So for me, whenever people start to think differently about how they work and they have questions, they come to me with those questions and I don't have the answers when they come to me right away, but I help them figure it out. We figure those things out together. So the coronavirus pandemic, of course, gave us some difficult times from a money perspective. But in the long run, we will learn a lot about ourselves and we'll learn a lot about business from this and we'll learn how to do things differently. So I think when something tough happens, you have to look at what it does to help make you better. And when it comes to the coronavirus, there are a lot of things that we're going to get better at as a result of this. So I hope it's over quickly and I hope people don't get sick and I hope, you know, everybody gets through this okay. 
But from a business perspective, every day when I talk to people, I'm trying to get them to focus on what they can learn from the new way we have to do business. So this is this has been a learning process. It's been engaging and it's it's helped me have a lot more energy because a lot of people are coming to me asking me a lot of questions and I feel like I can really help people. So getting through the coronavirus pandemic has been just one day at a time helping one person at a time. So that's how my business has gotten through it. Each person who comes to me, I try and help them with the questions they have. I try and help them with their business. Have you ever thought of doing something else? Have I ever thought of doing something else? Well, you know, Nick, because we've talked about this a lot, I've done a lot of something else. I started my career as a bellman at Marriott Hotels carrying people's bags. I worked a lot of different jobs in the hotel industry. I worked in restaurants. I washed dishes. I cooked. I made salads. I served people in the dining room. And then I was lucky enough to work for Marriott for 12 years, and I ran some businesses for Marriott. And then I worked for a great company called the Gallup Organization, and I I built a business with them. And then I started out on my own. So I've done a lot of different things. Right now, where I am in my career, I feel really good. So I'm not really thinking about doing anything else. But what I do know is when I see something new that I think can help my clients, I jump on it, and that's like starting something all over again. It's like starting something brand new. And really, that's the fun of owning your own business, being an entrepreneur. You can make the business anything you want to make it. So if you want to do something new, you can do something new while still having the same business, and it's really cool. What is the biggest obstacle you've ever had to overcome in your business? You know, anytime something happens that really makes it hard for people to make money, those are those are tough obstacles. So in this business, just before you were born in 2008, there was something called the Great Recession that started. And we didn't know at the time it was going to be the Great Recession, but we knew that a lot of people were going to have trouble uh, getting a job, they were going to lose their jobs, and then businesses were going to stop spending a lot of money. So that was a big obstacle. The coronavirus pandemic now is a big obstacle. Those are, those are just a couple of the things that are, that are obstacles that, that people have to overcome. As far as I'm concerned, my whole business is built around helping people overcome the obstacles that they face on a regular basis. So I would say really the biggest obstacle I've had to overcome is when I wonder what's coming next and I frustrate myself because I don't move fast enough. That's kind of a good lesson for not only me and you, Nick, but for everybody who's listening. The biggest obstacles we face are the obstacles of our own thinking. When we believe we can't do something, that's an obstacle and we have to break through it because no matter what happens outside, We have what we need right between our ears to solve our problems. We just have to think more creatively because if there's there's a problem on one side, there's always a solution on the other side. And if we think that we can't solve it, that thinking is what's blocking us. So the biggest obstacle is when I get frustrated and I am not thinking creatively enough about the things that are in front of me. 
And I overcome that by really having what's called self-awareness, really thinking, hey, there is a way to fix this, and I just have to find it. Now, Dad, you've had a lot of different jobs. You worked in hotels, restaurants with famous people, with lawyers and other professionals. Tell us, which job was the most fun? Well, that's a great question. So for me, I love what I do right now. I have fun all the time. I just did a what we call a happy hour with a whole bunch of my clients just yesterday, and we laughed and joked around, and I was giving them advice, but we were still having a good time. So I have fun every day at what I do. Besides what I do now, the most fun I ever had was, believe it or not, being a bellman, carrying people's bags. The reason that was the most fun is because I would spend a lot of time chatting the people up, talking to them, asking them questions, and every person that I met had a different story. When they were willing to tell me their stories, that was so much fun because I got to learn about so many different people, what they did, how they did it, how they became successful, why they were traveling, why they were in my hotel, what they were looking to do while they were with us. Sometimes they were on vacation and what they were looking to do to relax. Sometimes they were there for a big business meeting and they would tell me all about it. So besides the job I do right now, Helping people really come into the hotel and carrying their bags, giving them directions and just chatting them up. That was a great job because it gave me a chance to see a lot of things through different people's eyes. That's always a good time. That's always a lot of fun. And I still like doing that today. Did you enjoy all the jobs you did up to now? You know, there was something about every job that I had that I enjoyed a lot. There were some jobs that were better than others, but there were there was some there was something good about every single job. What did you learn from your career at Marriott Hotels that prepared you for your work today? The most important thing was how to handle unexpected problems and make decisions quickly. When you're a hotel manager and all of a sudden you realize that a group of 25 people is not going to leave and your hotel is sold out, you can't throw those 25 people out. So you have to find new accommodations for 25 people. You're forced to solve a problem in a matter of hours. When you wind up in a difficult situation and you realize you only have an hour to change a ballroom from meeting setup into a really fancy wedding setup, you have to be able to solve that problem on the spot. Working in the hospitality industry, working in a hotel, gives you the opportunity to make difficult decisions under pressure every day, and that is an incredibly valuable skill. So working for Marriott really taught me that, and I'm grateful for that. What is your most unforgettable memory from when you worked at Marriott? You know what? I can't really point to one specific thing, but what I will tell you is... The friends that I made when I worked for Marriott have been with me my entire life almost. I started working for Marriott when I was 17 years old in college. I worked in a Marriott in New York when I graduated college at 20 years old. And from the time I was 20 until the time I was 32 years old, 33 years old, I worked for Marriott. So in that 12-year time period... I made my best friends, some of the best friends that I have in life, people I still talk to to this day. 
Just last week, I talked to a gentleman who was one of my mentors, somebody I learned a lot from. So if you think about it, those relationships that have stood the test of time really are the best memories that I have. And one of the reasons why those relationships have become so special is because of the experiences we had together, because we faced a lot of different challenges, under pressure, all the time, every single day, we became really good friends. So in terms of memories, you ask me about memories, there are dozens of memories I share with those people when I talk to them, and I treasure that. So that was probably the best thing that came from my time working for Marriott. You started your current business the year I was born, right? Yes, sir. That's correct. How do you start a successful business from scratch? You know, there are a lot of different ways to start a successful business from scratch. The way I did it was I was really lucky I worked with your mom, and I still work with your mom in our business. But together, your mom and I went out and met a whole bunch of people. We met a lot of different people, and we asked them about their businesses. We asked them what some of their problems were, and I came up with some ideas to help them solve those problems. And that's how we started. So the bottom line for starting any business is it starts with relationships. You go out and ask your clients what's going on with them. You discuss things that they're struggling with. You see what you can do to help them. You develop relationships with those clients. And then eventually the clients want to be around you more and more. And they pay you for help in solving their problems. Now, I'm a consultant. My business is to help people solve problems. But if people are listening to this and they're lawyers or, you know, doctors, chiropractors, CPAs, um, independent professionals of any kind, their business is exactly the same as my business. So if they're starting a business tomorrow, all they need to do is reach out to everybody they know and talk to them about the problems they're facing in their business and see what they can do to help them. Now, if they can't fix the problems themselves, what they can do is introduce people they know to each other who can help solve problems. So for example, if I call up one of my friends and my friend tells me, oh, I'm doing well, but I have a backache and I know a great chiropractor, I say, well, would you like some help with that? And he's gonna say, well, Dave, what are you talking about? You don't know how to fix people's backs. And I say, no, but I have a friend named Todd Narson who's a fantastic chiropractor who I trust when my back hurts. Let me introduce you to Todd, and the two of you can get together. Todd can help you fix your back problem. So what did I do just there? I helped my friend who has a backache, and I also helped Todd Narson, who's my friend and who's a chiropractor, get some business. That's the key to starting a successful business. Tell everybody you know that you're starting your business, have conversations with them, and invite them to bring you their problems. And even if your business doesn't solve that problem, those relationships will deepen and they may just introduce you to someone whose problem you can solve, who you can help, and they'll pay you for that. So that's how I started my business. That's how I would invite other people to start their businesses, go to the relationships they have, talk to them about what's bothering them, offer them help, and figure out how you can best help them. How did you come up with your slogan, make a great living and live a great life? You know, it's a good question. It's funny. I started my business because I had something happen to me that was really scary. 
I was going to see a client in New York City when uh, your mom and I lived there, and I was crossing the street, and a cab went through the red light and struck me and really hurt me pretty badly. And I realized to myself that I had done very well in business, but I wasn't happy with my personal life. So I knew that I needed to make a change, and that's when I started this business. And my goal for myself was to make sure my business allowed me to live the life that I wanted. And everyone that I've helped since that time the cab struck me has wanted the same thing. People that come to me don't want to be rich necessarily. They want a business that allows them to live a lifestyle they find enjoyable, engaging, easy, and fun. That's what people who come to me are looking for. You know, I tell people all the time, I help them make a great living and live a great life because their business should enable their lifestyle. They should make the kind of money they want so they can live exactly the way they want. And the business should be what allows you to do that. And that's how I came up with the slogan because that's what I help people do. They create businesses that allow them to live life the way they want. You grew up in Queens and then you moved upstate. And finally, in sixth grade, you moved to Westchester where you lived until you went to college. Tell us, who was your childhood hero? Well, my childhood hero was Pop-Pop. It was my dad. And the reason that Pop-Pop was my childhood hero was because he always took care of our family. He always made sure that we lived a great life. He always made sure we were having fun. He enabled me to go to great schools, and Aunt Laura and I were able to always go and do fun things. And when I became a dad, I realized how hard it is to make sure that you always have stuff for your kids to do, to make sure that you always have new clothes, that you always have a nice house, and that people in your family are always happy, safe, and having fun. So for me, growing up, of course, my hero was Pop-Pop because he made sure all that stuff happened. And you know what? He made it look so easy that when I was a kid, I never realized how hard it was. So we're doing this interview on Father's Day, and of course, I'm really proud to be your dad. But without Pop-Pop and everything he did over the years, I would never be the person I am today. So Pop-Pop is my, is my hero. Do you like being a dad? Is it hard? <laughs> I love being a dad, and it is the best thing that could happen to anybody, especially when you have kids who are as great as you and Dahlia. I, every day I enjoy seeing you guys learn and grow and laughing and joking with you. You guys have the best personalities, and I could not be prouder of both of you. So I love being a dad. What did you learn growing up as a child that you pa can pass on to your children? Well, I learned a lot of different things. I learned that sometimes when you have a hard time as a kid, 
it's really helping you get ready for when you have things happen as an adult that could be a little difficult. So we shouldn't be afraid of when kids have hard times. So Nick, I'll give you an example. When you and I go to your martial arts tournaments and you try your best and sometimes you don't win, that can be more valuable than actually going to the tournament and winning really easily. Why is it valuable? It's valuable because sometimes in life we try our best and things don't go the way we want them to. And we have to be able to adjust and come back even stronger. So when I was a kid and I played sports or I would compete in academic competitions like competitions at school and sometimes I wouldn't win, I learned as much sometimes even more from coming in second, third or not coming in the top you know, three or four at all. And that has helped me a tremendous amount in life. So as heartbreaking as it is, as hard as it is for me to see you or Dolly work so hard and sometimes have things not work out, you know, not finish in the top three or lose, as hard as it is to watch that as a parent, I know that you as a child are going to be stronger because you experience that. And it's my job as a dad to help you see that. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It makes a lot of sense. 20 years from now, what three words would you want your kids to describe you as? Oh, boy. Three words. I just get three words, huh? Okay. So, fun smart, and love. Lots of love. What has been the most memorable moment as a dad? Oh, I don't know. it. I haven't, I haven't gotten to my most memorable moment yet as a dad. You guys make me proud every day, so I don't know. So far, my most memorable moment as a dad, I think, is probably... Well, of course, the day you were born and the day that your sister Dahlia was born, those are those are really memorable moments. Um, watching you be really happy when something goes great for you, seeing your sister perform on a big dance stage in front of hundreds of people, sitting with you and Dolly during a quiet time, just laughing and joking. Those are all memorable moments. I mean, just last night at dinner, we laughed so hard over funny, funny, and maybe a little silly jokes. Those are great memorable moments. I I love them all. So I try to think about a moment each day that I think is memorable. And I I try to remember something each day that we did that makes me feel good. And I just can't wait for the next memorable moment, which is going to come sometime today. How is living in Miami different from living in New York? Well, living in Miami is hotter and wetter. It's really, really hot here in the summertime, but it's beautifully warm in the wintertime. And of course, it rains a lot here in the summer. And sometimes we have big, scary storms, which create adventures for us and all of our family Uh, including your aunts and everyone else stays in the same house. And, you know, that's a big adventure. So Miami is different from that standpoint. But the reason that your mom and I wanted to move here to Miami was because of the diversity. We love living in a place where there's all kinds of different people and different food and different culture and different languages 
it's so much fun to have an adventure every day or a few times a week. And when I think about you and Dahlia growing up in a place like Miami, I think how lucky you are to learn to speak different languages, to learn how all different people live because right here in our neighborhood, you can go down the street and everybody looks different from each other and they all have different customs and they eat different food and we learn about those and they're part of our everyday life. So I love Miami because of that. You know, you and I, Nick, we go to New York at least two times a year when there is no coronavirus pandemic and we go to watch baseball games and we go to museums and we stay in really nice hotels and we visit tall buildings and look at all kinds of history. So New York for you and me now is an adventure. And growing up in New York, it was always an adventure living there because it's great to be in a place that moves that fast. But when you grow up, you're going to be able to tell your kids how great it was to live in a place where you learned about all different types of people from all over the world and you got to speak both English and Spanish every day and you met people who were from different countries and even a different continent and it was fun and it helps you become a really well-rounded person. It helps you appreciate people from all over the world. So my story, having grown up in New York, is a story about somebody who learned to live in a really fast-paced society and learned to do things really, really quickly. And like they say, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. But your story, because you're growing up here in Miami, is going to be one where you're welcomed into a culture of people where you've gone to school with and you hang out with people who are from Haiti and the Caribbean islands and all the different countries in South America and you learned about English and Spanish and Creole and you learned that even though people look different and they sound different, they all want the same things. They all want to be with their family and have fun and develop great relationships. So I think for your mom and I, when we moved here to Miami, that's what we were thinking of. We were thinking that we wanted a family that would be comfortable in a society that was made up of people from all over the world. And really, when we do things here in Miami, we interact with people from all over, and that's what makes it fun and exciting. So that's how Miami is different than New York, and that's why we really love Miami so much. Which do you like better, New York or Florida? I know that you love New York a lot. And it, when you grow up in one place you tend to make another place that you visit all the time your favorite. So I know that New York is, is very special to you. And New York is very special to me, too. If you asked me what I love more, when it comes to sports, I love New York way more. I do not like the Miami sports teams. I love the New York sports teams, especially the New York Yankees. And there's nothing anybody could say that will ever change my mind about that. I like to go to Miami Marlins games because I love the stadium and the experience. And you and I both love the fact that one of our favorite players, Derek Jeter, is now one of the owners of the Miami Marlins. But in, as far as sports is concerned, New York will always be my favorite. But on a day-to-day -day basis, if you want to spend a Tuesday afternoon relaxing, where would you like to do it? 
I would love to spend a Tuesday afternoon by the pool here at our house in Miami or on the beach down at Miami Beach. And for me, that's what life is all about. Where would you like to spend the time that you have to spend with your family? So for spending family time, Miami is my favorite. Now I have some personal questions I think people will find interesting. Okay. What is the one thing you do well that no one knows about? You know, that's a that's an interesting question. I know you asked a lot of people from our family and people who are our clients what questions they would want you to ask me. You know, the, the thing that nobody knows about that I do really well is right in front of everyone's face, but it's really hard to recognize. My unique ability, the talent that I have is... I cut through all the complexity of situations and I see the end result and I help people get there. So if you're thinking about where you want to be five years from now and you're a business owner and you just can't figure out how to get there, you come to me and we sit down and talk about it and then I do some research and I look at your business and I look at the market and I can help you create a path to get there in five years. So... When you talk about what I do differently from everybody else that nobody sees, people don't see that. And that's why I was good at being a catering service manager because I could look at an empty ballroom and I could picture a really big wedding and all the beautiful detail that came with it. Or I could look at a crappy old building and I could picture a fantastic hotel and I could help people design and develop that crappy old building into a fancy hotel. And these days I use that when people bring me problems or when people come to me and they say, I just don't know how to get my business to the next level. They help me with the picture they want their business to look like and I can help them get from where they are to where they want to be. So that unique ability is what I have. And, and people, it's hard for people to see that because it's not something you can touch with your hands, but I can take people from where they are now to where they want to be. And that's what I do well that I think people might not see right away. Who is your all-time favorite baseball player? My all-time favorite baseball player is Mariano Rivera. I really love Mariano and the way he handled himself during his career because he was a gentleman and he was a professional but also because he had unparalleled success in the playoffs and in the World Series. He has an earned run average of less than one. He gave up less than one run for every nine innings he pitched. He was as close to perfect as you're ever going to see in any sport. So my all-time favorite baseball player was Mariano Rivera. What is your second favorite sport to watch besides baseball? Well, I think, Nick, there's a tie probably. You know, these days, because we're so busy and because the last six months have been so tough with the coronavirus pandemic, we haven't been watching a lot of sports. But I love to watch all sports. If you really pressed me, I would tell you that hockey is probably my second favorite sport to watch. Although a close second, even though we don't watch it that much these days, is NASCAR because 
I've always loved cars and I've always loved driving fast and the strategy involved. What is the best baseball analogy you've ever given to a client? Well, I think the best baseball analogy I've ever given to a client is something that was hanging in the Yankee dugout during all of their championship run, during their championship seasons. And that was a sign that said, win the at-bat. Now, the reason I use that sports analogy with my clients is because it refers to doing the little things. If every player wins the at-bat that they have, then they will win the game because they'll either get a hit or they'll walk and they'll get on base. And eventually, if enough people get enough hits, enough people walk, they score enough runs and they win. But that means that every detail is important. So from a business perspective, when I say to my clients, look, you got to win the at-bat. You have to take this opportunity that's in front of you and do your absolute best. And if you do your best with every opportunity and you execute perfectly, you will score enough to win. In business, that means that if you do everything perfectly from a relationship standpoint, you will eventually make enough money to be successful. How did it feel when some of your friends and family surprised you for your 50th birthday? It felt great. I had just come back from a business trip and your mom made the arrangements and I didn't know anything about it. And a whole bunch of my friends were there. My family from all over the country was there to surprise me. And it was a great, great day. And we had a great weekend celebrating with a lot of people who I love very, very much. So it was a fantastic time. What are your favorite memories from growing up on Sunset Drive? I grew up on Sunset Drive in North Salem, New York, and my favorite memories are probably hanging out with the friends that I've had almost my entire life. From the time I was your age, I was friends with a guy named Pat Murphy, who I grew up just five or six houses down from on Sunset Drive. And Sunset Drive and the kids who lived there was every sports arena every season. It was a football field during football season. It was a baseball field during baseball season. It was an ice rink, and we played hockey during the winter. And sometimes we even played basketball on the driveway. So we played every sport every season just like the big leaguers did. And those are my favorite memories, growing up and coming home from school and playing all day, every day until it got dark at night and my mother would call me to come home for dinner. Those are my favorite memories from being on Sunset Drive when I was a kid. What is the secret to your success? Ah, the secret to my success. That's the question that uh, everybody asks, right? What's the one thing I need to do to be successful? You're asking me what the secret to my success is. Well, the secret to my success is just to keep going and to never quit because although it sounds like a cliche, it sounds like people say all the time, it really is true. You're going to have times in your life when things are tough, and you're going to have times in your life when things don't go your way. If you sit around and think about what happened to you and how awful it was, you're going to be miserable. The key to success, at least the key to success for me, has been to always keep going, no matter what. Just keep going 
and go as fast as you can. So if you have a setback, if something happens and you're not happy about it, move forward as quickly as possible. And if you make a mistake, adjust as quickly as possible. But don't give up. Keep going no matter what. Well, Dad, I really enjoyed this interview. I learned a lot of new things about you. Thanks for joining me today. Nick, it was so great. You did such a fantastic job interviewing me. And I tell you just about every night when you go to bed, but I'm going to tell you now here in front of everybody, I could never have asked for a better son. I am so proud of you. Great job interviewing me today, Nick. I love you. I love you too. Okay, folks, that'll do it for this episode of the Inside BS Interview Series. Join my dad, Dave Lorenzo, right back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. Until then, this is Nick Lorenzo saying stay healthy, stay well, and stay strong.